Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Evan, a.k.a. No ID at TSA. I'm straight to the gate with it, man. These folks already know me up there. Quit playing. And welcome to another episode of the 195 Sounds Podcast. So I just got back from Essence last week, and that was my first time going. You know, I'd always heard about Essence Fest, all the, all the ladies going with their friends, family, all in between, right? So I get down to New Orleans um, on that Wednesday, because I was going to spend 4th of July there, um, and, you know, just kick it for a little minute. And I wasn't actually, you know, going to for Essence, but I was going during Essence, and I was going to check it out. So get down there. First thing I notice out the airport is how the the oppressive heat and humidity. And, you know, I live in Georgia. I live in Atlanta. So it's hot and it's muggy here. But that that deep bayou, like, thick, muggy, choke you, just dense heat, that shit is something different, man. What what are y'all doing down there in New Orleans? Like that shit is crazy. But you know, once you get past the heat and you know the fact that anytime you walk out of the house, even if it goes to the car, that you gonna feel like you need to take a shower. Other than that, it's not that bad. If you have never been in New Orleans, you need to get down there. Maybe maybe not for Essence. Essence is a lot for your first New Orleans trip. Maybe just like a random weekend because because New Orleans is always. Always something happening there. Like it's it's just a party city, you know. It, you can go down there, you know, any random weekend in like September, and it's gonna be bobbing. Bourbon Street, Frenchman, French Quarter, uh, just everywhere, right? Everywhere. And one thing about New Orleans is like you can't go down there with any dietary restrictions. I mean, they aren't like life threatening. If you're allergic to like shellfish, don't eat that. Obviously, that, that that'd be bad. But if you're like, oh, um, I'm keto, I'm paleo, I'm on the Atkins diet, you know, I, I'm only drinking flat tummy tea, like, don't go down there with that expectation. Because, one, if you try to stick to it, you'll be miserable and nobody will want to be around you. And, you know, who wants to hang out with that person? And, two, it's just so unrealistic. Everything down there is so good. Cafe Du Monde for your beignets. You can go to damn near any po' boy spot and, and get one of the most delicious po' boys you ever had in your life. You know, you walking around on bourbon, just random, you know, stuff on the street. You're like, oh, that's good. You know, pop in there. There's a place, I think it's called Willie's. They got, like, frozen drinks, frozen alcoholic drinks, of course, and fried chicken. Now, the fried chicken is high. It's high as hell, but it's good. Now, I don't know if it was good. You know, disclaimer, asterisk. I don't know if it was good because I was low-key smack, but... It was good nonetheless. And who, and you know, it was really tough to to mess up fried chicken and everything else down there, right? Like, there's a there was a brunch spot. I think it was called Surrey's. Uh, it was down off Magazine Street. And, and you should check out Magazine if you're down there, too. Magazine is a really, really cool little street down uh, in New Orleans. It's got, like, a bunch of the nice old historic, like, antebellum houses, um, you know, some coffee shops, restaurants. It's, it's, it's a cool little street to, to to walk up and down, take a few pictures, and they got coffee shops, restaurants, all that other type of stuff. But, you know, the food there, ridiculous. Like, you're going, you're going to to blow your, your, your diet out of the water. So don't, don't even worry about it. So I get to, to New Orleans. And Saturday, no, Friday, yeah, Friday, I make it down to the convention center and check out the essence, like, you know, vendor convention festival piece, right? Yo. That's that's a lot, man. That's a lot. But not in a bad way. In a good way. Like it's so many, so many black women down there. It is just really dope. Like they're all, you know, down there to have a good time, encouraging. They're with their family. Like everything is is super positive. You know, they got all the vendors out there from you know more super local boutique. You know, women who are just selling you know books or backpacks or t shirts. Uh, all black businesses, of course, all the way up to you know you have your huge um, McDonald's event spaces, Walmart. Um, you know, 
Estee Lauder, all that type of stuff. So it's really got everything for everybody down there. It's it's really nice, nice event. I would definitely encourage you to to check that out, especially if you got daughters, if you never been. Like it's really, I think it's really important for 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 people to check out, especially um, you know if you got a younger black woman or girl in your life. Uh, definitely take her down to to Essence to check that out. So leave leave Essence is cool. Um, and, you know, I, I usually come to you all with some Airport Chronicles. The airport was relatively chill over this past week. Now, we haven't had any any disturbances since the, we, we'll call it the, the lobster, excuse me, the tomato bisque incident of 2019. We haven't had any incidents since then, so I'd like to keep it that way. Um, and, and really just keep the peace in the, in the Sky Club because I don't need to, you know, next thing you know, cucumber slices going everywhere. Like, it, it, that's, that's just not a good situation for anybody. But moving on from that, I have got one of my homies, her name is Shan, on the show today. And Shan is, Shan is a little girl boss, man. She, um, good-ass job, of course. She has lived in Europe. She lived in Paris, I think, for about six months. Um, she did her first ever solo trip to Egypt. She just packed up, got the ticket, was like, all right, I'm going to do this. Boom. Went over to Egypt and, and was kicking it. So I really think you're going to enjoy the conversation that I had with Shan. She dropped some really good gems about, you know, just navigating uh, around the city. And uh, yeah, go check it out. Later. So it's funny, we were just saying that it's been almost a year since you got back from um, from Paris, which means it's been essentially a year since we went to Morocco. Um, and did you it like Morocco? I did like Morocco. Did you like it? I did, I did. I, the food was good. I felt good about that. Uh, see, the food was good, but I felt like we ate a lot of the same things a lot. A lot of the chicken tagine, tangine, tagine. I, I feel like if it's not broke, you don't fix it. That's true, <laughs> but I don't. We ate a lot of that, and the uh, super sweet, uh, hot honey green tea. Yeah. But damn, that time does fly. But no, I did like it. Um, I was talking to somebody that said they didn't really like. Morocco, they felt unsafe. They didn't really like how they were treated. Um, but you know, different strokes for different folks. I, I, you know, they were they were kind of pushy when we were in the like in the streets or whatever. But I didn't feel like unsafe or anything. Yeah, I feel like I've been to worse places, so I didn't. And I didn't feel that either. Nah. And then they said that they stayed in the Medina, which I that would have been too much for me. That would have no, been I like I like her. Yeah, you know, we were close, but we wasn't, you know, just in, like I couldn't imagine wanting to go home or go back to your Airbnb and then having to walk through that big crowd of people. And I would have got lost. Like it's no way I would have been able to uh, make Yeah, it that's here. what I was thinking. I would have definitely been lost in that market. It was a, a maze. Yeah. So oh well, you know, let me let me back up really quick. So the Medina for those for those who don't know, and in Marrakesh, um, kind of in their downtown center area is this thing called the Medina, which is essentially just a big marketplace. They got everything, restaurants, hotels, um, spas, little uh, uh, booths that sell clothing. They sell souvenirs. They got Gucci for you. They got Louis Vuitton, Supreme. Of course, it's not real, but, you know, if, if you don't tell, they won't. Like they got a bunch of everything mm-hmm. in this little little not a little in this marketplace and it's huge. Like you'll get 
you'll easily get lost in there. And if you listen to any of the other podcasts, um, the Fuck You Pay Me episode, for instance, me, Joy, and I talked about how we uh, almost got in a fight for not buying. What was it, Shan? What did they want us to buy? Leather. They want leather. To buy some leather. Yeah, we went to that stinky ass leather factory thing. They want us to buy that shit, but you know. I told you just to give them the money. I didn't want. I didn't want any trouble. Yeah, you didn't want smoke. I was perfectly fine with it because I wasn't coming off any money um, for that raggedy ass leather. Yeah. Oh no, they wanted money because they showed us to the leather place. Oh, you're right. Right. Being our little tour guide that we didn't request. Yeah, we didn't want. I I didn't want to come see this shit. You, it was, it was on you. You felt it in your spirit to try to escort us over there. And if that's what you (laughs) want to do, then go ahead. But nah, that's not. That wasn't it. That wasn't it. But anyway, I say all that to say, I like Morocco, and I would definitely go back. And I thought it was a good time. I'm kind of, I'm a little disappointed we didn't get to the. Uh, I don't know the name of the city, but that place that you'll see on Instagram with the, it was like the blue neighborhood where it's like the blue steps, blue houses, blue walls. Oh, yeah, that's beautiful. That looks dope. That looks dope. But, you know, maybe, maybe next time. It's going to be a while before I get back, uh, back over there. But, you know, next time I'm over there, I'll definitely have to, um, definitely have to go. But now you're no stranger to travel. You've been everywhere. We first met <laughs> in Dubai. Did we know each other in Minneapolis? Or did we first really uh, meet in Dubai? No, nah, you were too cool in Minneapolis. I think I, I met you in Dubai. You, you didn't want to take a picture with me in that um, palace, I remember. In the mosque. Yes, I was not taking a picture in the mosque because I. you saw how hard they went. Like, touching women <laughs> in there. Stand, not even touching. Standing too close to a woman in there. They was going to throw you up out of there. Phys- it was going to be a physical altercation to get you up out of there. So, no. I still got that picture somewhere. I'm going to post it one of these days. No, do not. <laughs> I'm going to post it one of these days. That shit was funny. Because my face was so stuffy. I was like, you act like you don't know me. Yeah, you definitely had the oh, for real look. And I was like, look, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to, you know, keep the peace here. But, no, I can't believe we didn't know each other before that in, uh, in Minneapolis. I was... No, we definitely had to. Like I was out all the no, time. I was, you were out all the time, but I was traveling all the time, so I don't think I was really around. We had know. to. We met definitely though. Okay, I'm sure. We I did. don't really, I don't really remember it though. Me neither. Yeah, yeah. But you know, small world. You know, friendships are forged in the in the strangest ways, and then we became friends in Dubai, so everything was fine. That was the best. That's a better story. That's that's a better story than I never saw you a day <laughs> in my life in Minneapolis. We lived in the same city. <laughs> I had to see you out. I want to take a picture with you in Dubai. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Don't worry. I'm gonna post that picture. It's pretty funny. Um, but so after after Dubai, how long after Dubai did you go to uh, Egypt on your solo trip? crazy so i went we were in dubai uh what was that memorial day weekend and then i literally went back to egypt the week after and oh. that was my first solo trip so they were just kind of all booked you know i know where the deal goes so i remember right. that deal came up for, for dubai and then the christmas mm-hmm. and then christmas 2014 uh, I that was the year yeah I, I think that was the year we went to brazil and that was kind of on like a travel free but it was always in groups and then when that flight deal popped up for Egypt, I think it was about literally like four hundred dollars for me to get to Cairo from uh, JFK, and I'm like, for sure, I definitely want to go to Egypt. And it's funny because Egypt was on top three of my list. Um, really, I think part of it is I'm on the Delta, so I, the pyramids intrigue me. I have to admit, um, and I just wanted to get out to um, Egypt. And uh, when that flight deal popped up, I'm like, oh, absolutely, I'm going. And I asked hmm. people, like, hey, guys, look, here's this, this really great deal. People were like, Egypt? What's in Egypt? Besides the pyramids, like, people weren't really, weren't really down for that. Um, so I decided to book it and go solo because I never really wanted to go. It was top of my list, and no one else wanted to join me. I definitely would have gone to, um, to, uh, to Egypt, but 
I guess you were still holding me not taking that picture um, against you, but it's all good. Yeah, I was going to say, you acting funny in Dubai. <laughs> they also have really strict men and women rules. Uh, okay, okay. Well, you know, that makes sense. Uh, I forgive you for that. So <laughs> that was your first solo trip, right? Like international? Yeah, that was my first solo international trip. So I definitely dove off the deep end with that. I didn't really ease into into that but for me that i travel uh, quite a bit solo since then i would say for that being my first experience i feel like i could do anything so it was good that that was my first one and that's why i wanted to have you on because like that is a hell of a place to jump off the porch at like really going to to africa like to egypt you know most people will do like a little solo trip weekend somewhere really close to them you know florida you know, Texas, New York, whatever, whatever. But going international to Egypt, somewhere that is, you know, documented with having their own kind of internal um, issues, right? Because the Arab Spring was just like a few years before that. And, you know, everything you see on the news a lot when it comes to, um, you know, the I'm lumping Egypt in with the Middle East for purposes of discussion is like how unstable it is. So, for you to see that flight deal and jump on it, like, that's impressive. And I still want to go to Egypt. So, like, when you saw the deal, was it on, like, uh, an Egyptian airline or was that an American carrier? No, so it's crazy. I actually flew, uh, it's called Egypt Air, and I think they are an affiliate of American, but they're their own airline. So it was um, just their local airline that I flew from JFK. So I actually didn't even, not only am I going to somewhere where I don't know much about, but I'm going to an airline that I've never been on before. And, you know, that's kind of sketch, you never know. So I definitely did my due diligence and looked at reviews and checked out what people had to say about it. But overall, um, nothing negative or overall overwhelmingly negative about it. So I just took a chance. That The, the number, I, I couldn't beat that. Like, $400 to go to Egypt, I couldn't turn that down. I no. always, it was literally it's number two on my list after Australia at that time. Yeah, four hundred round trip is is crazy. Yeah, I mean it's it's not at, it's if we're ranking crazy deals, Dubai is always going to be number one. I don't ever think there'll be a deal to beat that. But four hundred dollars to um to Egypt is definitely number two. So how'd you how'd you plan like what you were going to do, how long you was going to stay, and all of that like coming into going to Egypt. You know, it's crazy. So actually, uh, it was interesting that I think I found this deal through way back when, if you remember, Travel Noir had this, um, like, group me on Slack. It was a platform, actually. It was right, they Slack did have Slack. Had, I remember that, yep. Yeah, so I actually found the deal that popped up through there. I kind of paid for a subscription to that membership. I think it was, like, $50 for a year, and I had this Slack platform. Um, and there was a group of girls who went, literally the week before me. So I remember there was this girl who was in that platform uh, and they were there the week before and we were talking about, okay, we just meet you, we just missed each other on these dates. It probably have been, you know, safer for you to be with this group because it was a group of um, three black women. And so actually one of them, she really put me on. She basically gave me like, the do's and don'ts of what their experience was. So it was real time. So in advance, I planned like where I'm going to stay. I stayed at the Lake Meridian. And, and guys, but and it was actually beautiful because it was right in front of the pyramids. Like I could open my Ooh. window and see the pyramids. It was right. It was a prime location. Um, I remember going out to the pool and you could just like lay on the pool and see the pyramids. That's dope. And, what, um, and this and was in Cairo, right? No, it was in Giza. Giza. Okay, Giza or Giza. Do how do you say it? I call it Giza, but I may be wrong. You know. Look, I ain't been, <laughs> so you got to correct me. <laughs> I, I don't know. I was, that's, how they, that's how they say it. So I'm, just, I'm just trying to be down for the culture. <laughs> they say it, Giza? Okay, because I've heard that's it, Giza. See, this is, what, this is why people come here for the hard-hitting content differentiating between <laughs> how we say it, our, our, our Western accents talking about Giza when really it's Giza. That's why people subscribe I, right there, Shan. Listen, I'm here to educate because I remember when I was in high school high school history it was absolutely the pyramid of Giza, so exactly nowhere name it. me a podcast where you can get this kind of educational content you can't anyway go ahead i'm sorry to interrupt no no worries so i stayed at the labor and it was actually 
uh, really, really beautiful hotel, and it was crazy cheap. So it's a beautiful hotel that's affiliated with Marriott, and it's like thirty dollars a night when you Th- do the currency 30? exchange. Thirty. Thirty U.S. dollars. Like right after twenty nine, right before thirty one thirty. Yeah. Yes, Shit. yes, that dirty, dirty. Wow. Crazy. Shit, I'm about to go uh, over there tomorrow. What's going on? $30? No, no, I'm saying. That's why everyone was like, wow, you went all, all the way across the country. I'm like, it was cheap to get there. It was cheap to be there. So it was a win for me. For so sure. where is where is Giza in, Giza in relation to Cairo? Do you have to take it on their flight there? Or is uh, it just like a quick like no, car ride? It's, just, it's like a... It's just a quick car ride. So it's about maybe like 20, 30 minutes to drive to uh, the main city, Cairo, which is, you know, the only reason it takes so long is because the traffic um, in, in Egypt is crazy. I remember you telling me about how they drive in India, and it kind of sounds like that. Niggas just, <laughs> no just get in the car and There's go. No, listen, I, I was scared. And that's, that's really a good reason for that platform because one of the the way the girl put me on was like, you, you do not drive there. She said, you get a driver. And the benefit of getting a driver is that um, they're also very cheap to pay them a, a daily flat fee, uh, and they show you around. And specifically, you being a woman, you, if you have a male driver, it's just easier for you to get around in the area. They can drive, and you, you don't have to be alone. So that's why she did. She recommended the person who drove them to be my driver, so. Uh, he just drove me around. It's about 20, 30 minutes to get to the main market from my hotel. Damn. Right, that's right in front of the pyramid. That's not bad. So, what no. else? What else is there to do there besides like seeing the pyramids? And when you want to go see the pyramids, can you just like walk up to it? Is it like you got to have a special tourist um, like guide with you when you want to go see it? Like, how do I get to? like the pyramids of Giza and take pictures and walk around and stuff. And can you go in the pyramids? You can't go in the pyramids, but they, they will um, recommend that you get a tour guide. There's like a, just a little kind of like a gate key, like any, any major monument mm-hmm. that you want to see. So that can be part of your, your, your overall tour package. Or you can do like I did. You get the homie. He was my local driver. He, he knew the back place, so he took me in the back. <laughs> so you, you either get someone local there you I go. Pay. I mean, obviously, I paid him for my eyes and my driver, but he took me around the back and gave me all the great angles and the photos. So I recommend getting someone local. Oh, and he took the photo. You got a deal. You got a driver. He put you, took you through the back for the pyramids, and you got a photographer. Like you came out. Well, no, listen, he he put me at the angle to like kiss the sphinx. Like it was awesome. It was awesome. He knew all the spots. <laughs> oh, that's dope. So what? Um, I know there are like different. Um, like pyramids and different um, structures and stuff. And like, so um, Alexandra and like Memphis and, and, and Giza, like what are the main um, attractions for the pyramids there? Like, is that where the, Sph- that's the Sphinx is there? Um, pyramids? Yeah. So the, the Sphinx is there. And then they have three large pyramids uh, there, like kind of the pyramids of Giza. And when you look at it from a panoramic view, you basically see the Sphinx and then three large pyramids. So that's what's in that city. Dope. Is, is the other stuff far? Because when I look on a map of, like, Egypt and more specifically that Cairo, uh, like, I guess, metropolis, it all looks kind of far away. Are they closer? Is it, like, a few hours between the two sites or the few sites that they no, have, the pyramids? No, it's pretty far. I think Alexandria... Alexandria and then like Luxor is another site where they have mm-hmm. some monuments and statues. They they're not very close to either have to get on a plane or as a, a pretty significant car ride. Uh, so I just stayed in the metro. Got you. That makes sense. So what else is there to do there besides go see the pyramids? Um, they have a really cool market. So if you go to Cairo and really large market with different food and and um, culture and different items there, which you would expect from a typical uh, Medina. So that was really nice to go to the market in Cairo. And then also, they have a really interesting history that I didn't um, know about Egypt before going. Um, they're known as a city just for having three religions that are pretty prominent there. And they work, they talk a lot and work a lot about unity between um, Jews, Christians, and Muslims. So I would just, in my mind, I imagine Egypt being um, a mainly Muslim population, but they have a, a large, a large 
segment of uh, Christianity and then also a lot of Jewish people there. And they talk about how they pride themselves on the unity amongst the religions. So I went to this really cool museum that just gave kind of talking about the history of religion and uh, Egypt's stands on their current population today and how they promote harmony, which is not a word that I think about when I think about Egypt. So that was an interesting learning of kind of what the news will tell you versus what um, some people talk to me about their personal experience in Egypt. Hmm. Oh, so you got the pyramids, you know, you got the marketplace, you know, it's a lot of learnings, uh, clearly, as far as, because I didn't know that, that they had, like, three different um, major religions. I thought everybody there was, like, of the Muslim faith. So, you know, shocked yeah. to me. But, you know, is it is it pretty safe there, too? Because, like, as a solo woman traveler, um, you know, solo travel is definitely something that's picking up. We see it all the time on social media and just media in general. Like, women just going places, more places by themselves. Um, but, you know... You want to make sure you're you're safe too. Did you feel safe like at all times, or were there some areas, some places you went? Sometimes where you're like, eh, I don't know if I should be here. Yeah, so I'm, I felt pretty safe just because uh, the hotel that I was at, and you, you might want to say, well, if they had to do that, it's probably not safe. But it was heavily guarded, and whenever you would come up with a car, you would have to turn off your car. I guess they're looking for car bombs, and they would kind of search before you could come in. So obviously they're taking those precautions. Maybe it's not safe, but you're seeing those precautions that were taken in the hotel. And you feel safe. Literally had to walk through a metal detector before going in. So they had pretty tight um, security just to get into our hotel. And then uh, just being with the school guy the whole time, uh, that made me feel safe. I was always by myself. I don't know who would have maybe heckled me or kind of said some things, but I was always with someone. I just think out of deference and respect they're not going to talk to you if you're, you're with someone else oh, okay. so that was helpful got you so you were but solo but you weren't one. solo I mean I didn't know that man before I went there and I can't remember his name now so no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm solo yeah. but I did have this, this secret protector I would say for one, at one time I did feel unsafe because he um I told you, like, earlier in the daytime, we the pyramids, and he took me on this back route to just get in. That's the secret way, and that's the way that the locals get in. And then uh, that night, he was like, you should come to the desert and see the sunset. Like, it's beautiful. He was like, I know this really beautiful location where you can see the sunset over the pyramids, and it's like, really beautiful. So we go. And he wants to, like, get horses. He's, like, not actually not camels, which was weird to me because earlier I was on a camel. But he was, like, now we need a horse because the horse is faster than a camel. So we went with our camels to, like, as far as we could go, and that took longer than expected. So then it was dark before we got to the location that he was trying to get me to. So then he's, like, all right, we need to switch from the camels to the horses. It'll still be really nice because you'll see the moon and there's a fire uh, in the desert, so it'll still be really nice. So you took a car to a camel to a horse. You listen, planes, trains, and automobiles. Look, (laughs) hey, that's a lot. That's, yeah. Yeah. It was really, really crazy, but I did start to get, I started to think about, like, I actually don't know him. Right, and I'm in the desert across the world with a stranger on a horse. In the dark. That's good. I think like, I was not comfortable after dark. And usually when I was traveling solo, I'm not out at night like that. Just I make that precaution to not do it. Um, and yep. maybe, maybe that experience, since that was my first experience, I've since learned that I don't necessarily feel comfortable in that setting in certain places after dark. But I was like, what if you just take me somewhere? And what do, I don't know. What are you going to do to me? Because we are getting off of the path. I think maybe that's why I was didn't feel safe at that moment because before then like we're in the city it's light we're driving around there's like there's so many people it is a very crowded city I just didn't feel unsafe I'm like there's so many people around me there are tourists around me as well like you know he's a cool guy we start driving getting on this camel and then of course and we start going pretty far it's getting darker and darker I didn't think that and it was really funny I have actually a cool photo of myself like he finally got me to the fire so it was worth it (laughs) Yes, I got to the fire, I started dancing around the fire, and I had a great time. But I, that did cross my mind as we were getting to our destination of like, ooh, it's kind of sketch. 
Yeah, yeah. So I'm glad everything worked out. But yeah, that's definitely something to to be careful of. Because um, when you're traveling solo, like as a woman, it's even more important to be aware of your surroundings. But even when I do it, like you said, like going out at night, I I tend to wander out a little bit more at night. But when I do go out, like if I go to a restaurant or to a bar, I make sure like I don't really drink heavily anyway, but I make sure that if I do drink, it's just like one to drink. I don't want to be t- I want to have all my faculties about me when I'm walking around in these seats because you never know, you know, what can happen. Somebody might try to try to snatch you up. You got to fight, fight for your life out in some random uh, European street. So, yeah, you, you got to take those yeah. precautions when you out, um, especially no, by yourself as sure. a woman in another country. Yeah, if I'm solo by myself out at night, I'm not drinking. I just, I have fun, but I, I don't want to have any risk of. No, that makes sense. And then people putting something in your drink, like it's just way too many, too much crazy shit that can happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how long were you there? That's so true. Um, I was there for for about three, uh, four days. It was pretty quick. I wasn't there too long because also I, I didn't know. I really, really wanted to go to future So I actually found a lot of connections and there was much more to do. But in my mind, I was like, there's not really much to do there. So was that a good amount of time or would you have gone, if you could do it over, you would do more time there? No, because it's a pretty condensed city. So I would say, you know, three things you need to do would be to go to the pyramids, of course, um, go to the market. And they have a lot of um, perfume shops. Like they make their own essential oils and they have a lot of like storefronts that have a bunch, a bunch of different perfumes. I still have perfume left from, that was, four years ago now and it lasts for such a long time because it's such potent oil. <laughs> uh, go, to a, go to a perfume shop and you pretty much Gucci. Damn, okay. So three, four days and uh, and it's not that long of a flight, is it? Was about 12 hours? Well, 12 hours is long. How, how far is it? Uh, I don't remember correctly. It was probably like seven from JFK. It wasn't seven? crazy. Yeah, it wasn't. Oh, that's not bad because it was seven from uh, JFK or eight, seven or eight from there to um, Morocco. Yeah, you could do that. That's a long car ride. You know, seven to eight, you could eat that. Why you you traveling in a car like that? (laughs) I mean, some people do seven hour drives when they go on vacation or if you got to do like a road trip or whatever. I don't personally enjoy a seven or eight hour drive, but if you can do a seven hour ride in the car, you can do a seven hour plane ride. My knees, my knees. Your knees. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is bougie. No, my knees. I'm sorry, I have to fly. I I can't ride the car with you. Uh, I won't no, be it was able really, to. it was a really, really cool experience overall. Yeah, and see, I want to get down there because those those pyramids are definitely definitely dope. The only thing I, I thought you could go in that would be cool. Can you go into any of them, or just not the ones in Geyser? or do you know? Um, I do not know. I don't think some of them are like they're solid. They they built them up. At least the ones the one that I I stood on some like I climbed up one of the blue kind of ways, but I you can't go in for the ones in that city. Ah, uh, okay. Can you? But you can go into some of the structures there, just not the pyramids. Yeah. Ah, uh, okay. Mm-hmm. But they have some tombs. I can look there. They have tombs and stuff. People go in, but I'm I'm not I'm not shaking with that. Um, it'd be that close. Nah, I hear you. I hear you. That's, that it would be dope, but it also be kind of kind of weird. But so, all right, you did Egypt, and then we talked about us going to Morocco. So when we were in Morocco, was so last year you were actually coming from Paris, and it was Morocco was your birthday trip, which means your birthday is coming up. Yes, I'm going to Fiji for my birthday this year. I'm Fiji? Fiji, yes. Oh, see how you just sprung that? Breaking news. Shan is going to Fiji. Breaking news. I appreciate you breaking that right here on the 195 Stales podcast that you are going to Fiji. You taking the boyfriend with you? No, this is a solo trip. Solo again? The Fiji. This is the real content we should have been exploring. <laughs> I didn't tell you. <laughs> Just, you know, I'll have to get the, don't worry. We'll have part two of the Shariel conversation when you get back from um from Fiji. Because I definitely want to know about that. But um, 
like I was saying, so when we got to Morocco, you were coming from Paris and you were actually living in Paris for what? Yeah. How long? I was up for four, four months, four, five months. Mm-hmm. And so how did you end up living in Paris? Because I know a lot of people want to live overseas and a lot of people love Paris. So how did you how did you make that happen? So honestly, it was a, a beautiful blessing. I actually um, was relocated to Paris for work. Um, so I work in marketing and we had a product launch in Europe and, uh, because a global manager, I would usually manage that in the U S and maybe travel a lot to Europe, but they were like, honestly, this is about to be at least 80% of what you do. You might as well just come here, put your feet on the ground and you know, launch the product from here. And I'm like, absolutely. And they know me, they know I travel a lot. <laughs> absolutely. Down to go anywhere. So right. it, doesn't, it made sense at the time. It was a good work move. And it flew me over there to really uh, get experience on launching the product firsthand in Europe. It's awesome. So not only were you living in, in, in Paris, but you were getting that international business experience too, which is definitely yeah, and key. They, and they paid me to go over there. So that was good. I got paid to live there. That's dope. So how does, how does one prepare to move to Paris properly? So, of course, I overpacked. So, <laughs> I was planning to be there for four months, and I just, I, in my mind, I was going to be doing the most. So, I, and I had to say it's the high fashion of Paris. So, just trying to pack up your life for that much. Um, I own a home, so just trying to think of those logistics of, well, I'm not going to, obviously, not going to sell my home for something short term, but just thinking about what makes sense back home. It's not a logistic, but um, really the biggest thing was, was overpacking. I put the most time in the, <laughs> thinking about my wardrobe. So, did they give you an apartment? Did you let they let you pick out your apartment? How did the living situation? Um, work yeah, there? so because it was because it was through work, what they what they do is they, they hire our relocation agent for you. So there's someone who will just look you know, essentially ask you like, what area do you want to live in? And that's the biggest like decision you have to make for uh, living in Paris because it's huge, and they have different lines that take you different places. So depending upon where you need to go for work or if you want to be in the mix of the city, you really have to think about um, what districts you decide to live in. So I got a lot of advice from people who live there, kind of cost of living-wise, kind of what are the different demographics. So each neighborhood, like any neighborhood, kind of has its own own vibe. So some of them are risky, some of them are more diverse than others, some of them are more artistic, so they kind of have their own flair. Um, so when I talked about, when I decided what district I wanted to live in, they just sent me um, different options, and I selected from there. So what neighborhood did you end up living in? I was in the first district, yep. The first district? So is, I was actually in the tourist area, yep. It was wow. about, um, it's on the, right off the line one, so I stayed in Nui, uh, which is essentially like a little bit west of the tourist district. It's a pretty wealthy um, neighborhood, so I was in Nui. Humble brag. Um, so, no, it's not. It's you know, not. I, I feel it. Wealth begets wealth. I understand. One day, maybe <laughs> I will be bestowed with the racks so I could move to Paris and live in the wealthy knee neighborhood. But until that not, day, not. I'll just stay ducking gunshots in my South Atlanta neighborhood. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. You're a homeowner, though. You're a homeowner. I was in their apartments or crazy small like that's just that's what we know about europe even right about the hotels how their hotels look <laughs> it's true. but was it nice though oh uh, yeah it was nice it was nice and actually i picked the big one like that was part of like my big decision i was like i, I live in a house i can't be boarded up so i thought about square footage a lot so that was hard to find <laughs> Yeah, I can imagine it'd be tough to find over. Because like you said, Europe, a lot of stuff over there, like you just got to wrap your mind around. It's not going to be the same space that you're getting over here. It's it's, it's New Yorkish, like how stuff in New York is I just small it. and expensive. Like that's how a lot of spots in um, in like Western Europe are. I'm sure you can go to Eastern Europe and live like, you know, a king, but, you know, it's Eastern Europe. So, But no, that, that's... Yeah. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I mean, you off. Lit. No, no worries. I'm just picking where to live was, you know, that was a fun process. Just kind of looking at the map and figuring out how to get where based on the train. So that's a probably big decision of where you want to live, depending on what lifestyle you want. And then your visa, they have like a lot of different types 
So depending upon how long you are there, um, that matters a lot. I actually got a short-term visa because I wasn't planning to be there more than six months. Mm-hmm. But they really do monitor how many days you're there. So like even till like when I came back last year, I couldn't go back to Europe. I couldn't put back to Europe, anywhere in Europe, um, until that year ended because I used all of my days. Damn. That was an interesting learning for me. <laughs> so at the end, though, when we got to Morocco, you could not have gone back to Europe. So for 2018, you was you couldn't go to Europe no more. Yep, and honestly, that's that's part, that's part of the reason I chose that I wanted wanted us to go to Morocco because it was outside of the um, <laughs> union, and I needed I needed more days, so I I took a little break out there. For whatever reason, Croatia is not in the union, so I went there a few times to see, or one time just to kind of get some days back. So I kind of gave them the system a little bit. And by union, you mean the European Union? Yes. Okay. Huh. Didn't know Croatia wasn't in that. Yeah, they specifically call us a, it's like the Schengen region, and there are about, I think there are 23 countries that fall into that classification. Um, and some of them are not, like Ireland, for whatever reason, is not in the Schengen region. So there are some, some differences there. Got you. So the area that you lived in, would you live there again? Or would you pick a different one? No, I liked it. I was right off of the, the number one line, which is just kind of centrally accessible to the different connections you need to make. So I, I took a really good area at the advice of my coworkers. So is the it's really easy to get around on like the subway system there? When they're not on strike, they strike all the time. <laughs> they strike <But> all the time. <laughs> they strike all the time. Like it's crazy. They strike so much. The reason I like the one is because it's one of the few trains that are automated, and. Uh. Uh, the government purposely automated that train because it's near all the tourist sites. So they were like, well, if people come visit in our tour, we don't want them to know that right. most people are we're striking, striking all the time. Right. Mm-hmm. That's dope. Well, at least you don't have to worry yeah. about that if you go there and want to see, you know, the Louvre or the Eiffel Tower and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, it really should not impact tourists. So that's say they talk a lot about that one. But if you live there, it's a pain. My safe joint often. <laughs> So, but you could still do like cabs. So people, I would assume, would just do cabs or like walk once they're striking. You know, it's interesting. Sometimes uh, the the essentially the union is going against the government. So sometimes they'll do it in solidarity. So like the the tra- the train operators will strike at the same time as the cabs. So like you literally are shut down and you can't get anywhere. So um, pilots sometimes that you know go on strike and you can't fly out. So sometimes they work together so that. You just a lockdown. No trains, no planes, no cabs. Damn. That's one way to get what you want. You know, and that's why I said it's effective. They, they, they get what they that want is, they really make it hurt. <laughs> that is one way to get what you want. <laughs> Damn. They really got a, a stranglehold on shit. They 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 know how to how to get shit done down over there in Paris. Oh, man. We might need to take some corners. We do a little march and then we do it done. Right. And see... I'm glad you told me that because I really like Paris is someplace I have not been. I'm thinking about going for my birthday um, in December, like doing um, some time in Paris because I heard Paris around Christmas time is is really beautiful. And I want to be able to, you know, check it out. But I've also heard that it's um, a little overrated. Like my mom's been to Paris a few times. She's like, eh, kind of on it. And uh, me, Joy, is kind of eh on Paris. Are you eh on Paris or did you like it? I, I don't ever need to go back. Damn. <laughs> don't ever need to go. It's, it's, yeah. It, it, so I it's overrated? I'm the camp of it's overrated. Yeah. I mean, the Eiffel Tower is beautiful. It's a great experience. But I know it's like number one on a lot of people's list. I think there's way better places to go. See, I've, you know, I would be very hard-headed if you were the only person I've heard say that. But... It's a lot of people that kind of feel that way, that Paris is just kind of, you know, it's it's nice to see, you know, the Eiffel Tower, maybe go to the Louvre, you know, walk around the streets, whatever, whatever. But, you know, they don't have to go go back. Did you now? Did you do any um, any trips within Paris while you not Paris, but within France while you were there, like Nice or, or Cannes or. I went to Marseille, which was really beautiful. Um just a little bit south and it's here and there um, a ravine so that's so pretty mm. now is that a is that a 
like a quick train ride or you have to fly there? I know you can be there by train in two hours. Gotcha. And was that another solo trip? It was actually a work trip. So I, I met some coworkers there and we had a, a training meeting. Ah, okay. Well, never mind. That's boring. So, <laughs> like, you had, I'm assuming, coworkers there. Is the nightlife dope, like, on the weekends? Is it, I mean, I would assume since Paris is another Western city, like, you know, clubs, bars, all that stuff is popping. Did you experience a yeah. lot of that? Yeah, because, you know, my, my friend, Kawana, we went before we went to Morocco, Kawana came up. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, I forgot she was um, Paris. And we went out, we went out, and they have a pretty cool nightlife. I really do. It's, it is Westernized, their, their nightlife. So think about like EDM type of, they pay popular music, Drake is everywhere. So I do like their nightlife for sure. See, I knew it was some redeeming qualities about uh, about Paris. No, there's plenty of good things. Like they have, it's just beautiful, like to see just the history of there, like how old their buildings are. It is pretty to see and they walk around and look at that. Yeah, that's dope to me, too. Like, they have so much history. Like, in the United States, we just don't have that, right? Because, you know, I'm not going to get all political. We just, we're not old enough. Um, We are a country, you know, kind of built uh, a bit differently. Like, our our oldest buildings are, like, maybe two, three hundred years old. Like, theirs are, like, the, like, what was it? Notre Dame that just burnt down was over 800 years old. Like, that's crazy. That was crazy. That yeah. was I can't believe that burned down. I'm did like, you see it while you were there? Wow. I did, yep. I saw it while I was there. Got you, got you. I had been to I'd been to Paris before and I did all the touristy things. So when I came back I tried to really do um not touristy things. So I went to just different areas. You know, James Baldwin lived in Paris for a long part mm-hmm. of his life. I, I went around kind of his old stopping grounds. They had a lot of tributes and quotes from him throughout his neighborhood. So that was really cool. Hmm. Oh, oh. So you were there for the four months, um, and it was pretty good weather while you were there too, right? Like you were there um, kind of in the spring? Yeah, so I was there from like February all the way through June, so I, I got there at the same time. It was nice. Oh, okay, so that's straight. Now, was it a hard adjustment coming back to America? Because I know you didn't really, like you said, you didn't really care for it too much, but, you know, was it – you know, difficult to adjust coming back here? No, I was really happy to be back just because actually <laughs> it was something I found something I found that I loved to do now was like go to the grocery store. Like their grocery stores are so weird to me. They're they don't have like large like a like a Walmart or a Target or a Cubs. They don't have the big grocery stores. They have these little like little storefront and mini mart type of things with food that I just did not recognize. So I definitely struggled with um, food there just because they didn't have what I was used to. And if you want to go out and have food, it's just such an expensive city. Um, I didn't know that Paris was the second most expensive city right after Hong Kong, I think. Oh, wow. I didn't so, know that Yeah, it's a big, like a burger. You can't, I'm talking like if I want to go to their version of McDonald's, you can't get out of there without spending like $20. Like that's their value meal. It's, it's crazy expensive. Damn. Um, uh, that was a good adjustment. Come back here. Cheap food. Cheap food. Cheap food you recognized. <laughs> yeah, that's a blessing and a curse. Because you know. over there, at least you're probably getting like real food. Over here, you go to Walmart grocery. Ain't no telling what you buy you over know. there. You're right, right. You know, no clue what you're eating. I will give them that. They really say they they call themselves like artisans and they really pride themselves on the purity of their food. Like they make the bread, like the bakery. So, um, you know, very well done. Um, but you get what you're paid for. I agree. Yeah, I still want to get over there. I think I'm gonna have to go ahead and, and, and do it um, at the end of the year, just you to say. I did. Switzerland? Are you gonna be in Switzerland in December? Yeah, I was gonna do Switzerland and go. I saw there's a a train up to Paris and then just come on back to America, do Paris for a couple of days. Um, I really want to oh, go yeah. to the Louvre. I'm a museum person, so um, I want to do that. Is it true the line is really like always around the corner? Yes, it is always at all times. Shit. <laughs> no matter the day, no matter the time. But it's a huge museum, so they get you through pretty quickly. But there's, you know, a lot of people there right off. Damn. That kind of sucks. I don't want to stay. Because that line, like, it's like three blocks long. 
Mm-hmm. It is, you know, if you don't stay in the line too long, I think they do a pretty good job getting people through um, because it is so big. And it's worth it, I would assume. No, it's beautiful, yeah. And you just you see the Mona Lisa, you just got to post up and say you saw it. So there's a lot of say you saw it things in there. All right. I'm going to do that then. I'm looking forward to it. But, I mean, Fiji. I mean, just, so what? Yeah. How did, how did Fiji, Fiji Solo come about? Well, I go with the deal goes. So I found there was a flight deal. Fiji, and I think I said like 323 to get there. Hold on. Hold on. You're paying $323 American dollars to go from Minneapolis to Fiji. No, I wish to go from San Francisco to Fiji. So I have to get myself to. Ah, okay. Again, I'm noticing a recurring theme here, Shan. You really be clamming up when these deals pop up. Listen, I have all the alerts. I'm ready. Like, I want to, that's the personal goal of mine to be, uh, to go to every country in the world. So, I'm going at some point. I'm not going when it's cheaper. I'm saying, though, you, t- you tell nobody about these deals. All right, this is the first I'm hearing of Fiji for $323, but it's all good. Lies I want to go to Fiji. I didn't want to go to Fiji anyway. I feel like I told you. I, I didn't, you know, I, didn't, I wasn't CC'd on that email, but how long are you going to be over there? Uh, 10 days. It'll be a extended trip. There. 10 days? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a long trip. I'm just, I'm just going to reflect and enjoy the beauty. I don't really have too many plans there because it's really not, as I understand it, it's not really a staff moving place. So, gotcha. Chill. All right. Well, yeah, I'm definitely going to have to debrief with you when you get back from there and hear about uh, Fiji because that definitely sounds yeah. like the move. I'm excited. Well, I appreciate you sitting down and, and talking to me about solo travel um, in in Egypt and, and moving to Paris. Oh, yeah. I'm not, I would say for anyone, you know, you, you, you love your solo trips, too. It's just something special about knowing you can do it. So, Absolutely. So what would you say to women specifically who are kind of hesitant about going somewhere by themselves, whether it be domestically or internationally? I would say, you know, just be smart. Something that I do, uh, usually, like, if someone will, if you seem like you're alone and someone, like, ask me if I'm alone, I actually started this when I went to Egypt. Uh, I don't know who asked me that question, but I always say, like, uh, my father's in the military. He's here on business. Uh, and I'm just sort of tagging along. He's in a meeting, and I'm tagging along uh, to this business trip. So I would say don't make it clear and don't let anyone know that you're alone. Because people will maybe start to watch. But the world is not a scary place. Honestly, there are crazy things that could happen to us, specifically as black people, specifically as a woman in the United States. I don't think that increased demonstrably going outside the U.S. Um, and a lot of people in other countries, tourism is so critical to um, just their cost of just their living and their lifestyle. They, they make their money from tourism. Mm-hmm. So the value that they that the value that they have on tourists to making sure that you have a good experience or the laws that they have they do something wrong are just so much greater than they are in the US that I don't feel maybe I'm naive, but I don't really feel significant risk in many places. If I'm smart about how I govern myself. Yeah. And you've clearly been smart about it and enjoyed it because you going on, you've been on hella solo trips and you're about to go on a few more, so. Yeah. Man, I'm jealous, Fiji. But anyway, again, <laughs> I appreciate you coming on, Shan. No, thanks, Evan. All right.